Hi everybody, welcome to Post Call Gaming Grand Rounds, our regular podcast on gaming news and discussion. I'm your host, Dax. Tonight I'm joined by my great friend and co-host, Aero. Yo, what's up? It's been a long time since we've heard from you, Aero. It's been a little while. I've been busy, so... You have been busy, my friend. Well, yeah, life goes on, but it's a good thing that you still do uh, what you do. You still put on the stream, so it's good. <laughs> um, so, for everyone who has watched our streams before, and it's, this is your first time catching us on uh, Post Call Gaming... Uh, the Grand Rounds. This is our new podcast where, well, not entirely new, but our podcast where we just kind of discuss some of the gaming news that we think that we'd like to talk about and give you a bit of our perspective. Uh, it's just the two of us tonight, and we're just going to go through some of the most recent news that has come out over the past week. Credit goes out to Silicon Era, Polygon, um, The Verge, kind of all the typical news gaming sites that you use for our sources. And we're just going to dive right into our first story because uh, Era was talking with me right before we started recording the podcast and had mentioned that he had seen we've been doing a lot of Warframe and Destiny. So I thought it'd be a fun time to mention that out of BlizzCon 2018, um, news that basically Destiny 2's base game was going to be free, uh, available for download for everybody who has a Battle.net account to download on their PC until November 18th. Uh, This does not apply to the consoles, unfortunately. It's a PC-exclusive offer. Um, And pretty much at this point, you get the entire base game of Destiny 2 for free, no money, no cost, um, with the caveat being that this does not unlock you access to the DLC later on, which includes Warmind and the now recently released uh, Forsaken. So, Arrow, we were talking a little bit. You have no history (laughs) with Destiny as a franchise, is that right? No, I have no history at all. So, tell me what, like, as someone who has no you know, attaching to this franchise, no previous history with this franchise, is this an interesting or even like an enticing offer for you? At least one, to download the base game, and then two, would you even consider purchasing the rest of the DLC content at that point? Uh, I would definitely be interested in playing the base game and checking it out. I don't know how much of a team-based game it is, because with a lot of these types of games, uh, at least with my past experience, it's more fun with people playing with you, with a lot of friends, or you're always playing with the same party. Um... So I'm not quite sure because I've never really read up on Destiny, so I don't know whether it's that type of a game. I do know that it is like an RPG where it's a first-person shooter. Um, But I would have to play it and see how much I enjoy it before I decide if I would buy the DLCs. But definitely the first step is to get me to try playing it because if I've never even played it, I would not even consider buying the DLCs. So would you say they've done that? Like with this offer, like talking even just real world, are you interested in picking up this, this download right now? Yeah, I would I would download it when I ever get my butt around to downloading 80 gigs of files, but yeah, I would. <laughs> that was exactly the same discussion Waltz and I had when we first were talking in the clinic team Discord about it's such a huge download that I don't well, that's how I know it's 80 gigs. It's like I haven't popped it open yet. I haven't looked at it, but I just assumed that that's what the size is because that's what Walt said. <laughs> Pretty much that's the case. Uh, and it was just interesting to kind of have that discussion and see you know, from so many perspectives, it was interesting to just notice that, yeah, it's a huge download. And I was kind of turned off by that until Waltz was pretty much saying he would, you know, download it and play and that we could do group streams on it. And so that was the motivating factor. So would you say, like, if that was not a motiv- motivating factor, you would not be interested in picking up Destiny 2 via uh, this download? 
downloading the, the size doesn't matter to me like i played path of exile and like the last update we got was like 10 gigs so it's like i it's not a big deal for me in terms of the, the file size or how long i have to wait mm-hmm. i think it's more so just like if i have people playing with me i'd be happy to play it but if i don't then i guess it's free stuff like i'll still try it but i'm also the person where you know you got like that free 14 day or one month subscription to wow and i never used it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so going along those lines i think it's uh I think it's also interesting to point out that this is a limited free time offer. So anybody who's following the um, Postcall Gaming Twitter account knows that uh, we've clarified that this offer really only extends until November 18th. And that after that point, there's been no discussion about what's going to happen. But I think the prevailing assumption is obviously the game will stop being free for download. Um, So with that understanding, and with the game having been on and off free on various services, PS Plus being one of them, Aaron, what do you think? Like, do you think that this game should just re- the base game at least for Destiny Two should just remain free moving forward? Is there value for it still having some kind of price tag attached to it? What do you think? I think that's definitely good to keep it free. Um, I think it all comes down to what upper management thinks and what they think it'll make them the most money. Obviously, um, but having it free will entice more people to come play it. I suppose. And you may you might make it more exclusive and a little more lucrative by saying, oh, we're going to only have a free at certain times. Like Overwatch has like free weekends and like different other games have free weekends as well. And so it's it would be interesting, but I'm not sure because Destiny 2, while it is a more niche market, it feels like there are a lot of other games that aren't in that particular field, but that are directly competing for player attention and player time. So they need to make themselves stand out in some way, shape, or form. I agree. I guess the interesting thing for me is I'm looking at the model that they're going with, and it's very similar to the... Actually, something you just brought up, which is the World of Warcraft free... um, So I guess the, the thing there is World of Warcraft has always had this kind of a trial demo subscription thing where you could level up to 20... Um, but a friend of mine actually, uh, a friend of ours from our undergrad days actually plays that game pretty religiously and has never paid for the subscription in his life because there's also oh. options in that game to earn basically ways to buy a subscription using in-game gold that you can farm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting. Like to me, there there are now a lot of MMOs, I think, that are doing this whole free trial, like level up to a certain level and then content locking you beyond that point. Destiny 2 being... Yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I was saying I find that it is very effective and it seems to work because, for example, like, I don't play a lot of the games that you guys are playing, but, like, right now I'm playing a lot of Magic Arena and Magic Arena is fully free to play. It's just your experience will be significantly slower if you don't pay to play the game because you pay to buy packs, to buy whatever, and to try to amass your collection so you can build more fun decks. Um, But I find it's a very similar thing with all these other things where... As long as you start with a free model, it's easy to get people to then get invested in the game and then have them pay out more and more money to keep playing that particular game. Exactly. And I think one of the interesting things that have come out of discussion I've had with Waltz about this game, now that we've streamed it a couple times, is that uh, I asked him on one of the Destiny 2 streams, like, Waltz, do you think you would go ahead and now purchase the DLC? Because he's already beaten the main campaign (laughs) over (laughs) over two days. Uh, He, like, marathoned it over four to six hours is his his story. But, um, like, I think... There's something to be said about the fact that a lot of people, um, Reset Era, for example, I'm thinking of, a lot of people have discussed how the best content in Destiny 2 is in Forsaken, which is the latest DLC, and that Mm -hmm. that is not free. So this effectively just gets people in the door, but if you want to play 
the stuff that makes Destiny 2, you know, such a fantastic experience per the description of its current players, you, you need to pay upfront to get that content. And I think if you, you know, if you're already willing to make the base game free for PC players, um, and you're only giving away the base game, like to me, conceptually, this is not very different from a trial that lets you level up to level 20. And then the best stuff, you know, the, the stuff that you've basically teased throughout this whole demo experience is behind a paywall. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I think even like thinking back to our first like our first couple of minutes just talking about this topic, you had mentioned I need to get my feet wet in this game before I decide if I'm gonna pay more. Yeah. And if the internet's kind of ongoing perception of Destiny Two is, you know, Forsaken is great, then I think for a lot of people it's gonna turn out to be the same where, you know, I'm not gonna dump ninety dollars into this game unless the base game is impressive as well. And if you make the base game free, then you're kind of increasing the chance that someone's going to, you know, you know, step in and, and try out the waters and see if this is what they, they want. Absolutely. I think one of the big, my big concern isn't more so grounded in Destiny 2, but it's more so grounded in the fact that we're concerned that this is going to be the model moving forward for like every big game company. That we're going to lose the whole, like, let's release a big AAA title that doesn't have a lot of these little microtransactions and these um, paid paid DLCs that continue to sort of gouge money, that takes money out of you. Because if you think of it in the long run, it actually takes up quite a bit more money than, you know, the old older games that we used to play that were just like a, you buy it once and then you play it for however number of hours and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's kind of two ways to think about it, because overall, the entire software industry is moving towards a subscription model, right? Like Microsoft Office, you know, Photoshop, a lot of Adobe's tools are now subscription based. There's there's a great video online uh, on YouTube. I think it's by Polymatter is the name of the YouTube channel. I can't recall, but they, they basically kind of do a justification of why so many programs are now doing a subscription based model, because it does cost companies um, you know, it costs them dollars to hire people to do bug fixes and updates and patches. Mm-hmm. And I guess the interesting kind of thing that the perspective to take is one, like we have already talked about Overwatch. <laughs> Overwatch, you pay once and then you always get updates for the rest of this game forever. Like there's no, there's no further cost, um, incurred for getting new heroes, new maps, new modes. Like that's all yeah, for included the, for game content. For game content. Uh, and then you have, you know, the other spectrum of this, which is Warframe, which is another game we've been streaming a lot, which is completely free to play, where virtually all of its playable content is effectively free. Um, and it does a lot of the microtransactions as cosmetics model, where, you know, you're only paying so that you can look better or look different, but that doesn't impact your ability to access or beat the core content so long as you're willing to put in the time investment to do so. Yeah, I think. Overwatch may not have been the best example because it's very, very similar, except that it just has that initial base entry fee. Because right. Overwatch is like loot boxes afterwards to get all the cosmetics, and that's where they make a lot of the revenue. But it's right. just like they have that initial entry fee, and that's it. So I guess the interesting thing, though, is, and forgive me, because I have not played a lot of Overwatch. If I remember correctly, you can get loot boxes just by playing the game without spending money i'm I'm not mistaken i believe yeah yeah it's slow but it's It's slow same way that they it's it's the little bit of like it's a little carrot they dangle in front of you exactly they give you a little taste of it and you're like oh i want more i want this skin i really like this hero i really want this skin right and And then that's what happens (laughs) and then you pay money because you want to get more loot packs because it's like ripping open booster packs when we we play you know card games it feels good so i mean you're right in 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 the sense overwatch kind of has like a perpetuating profit model um, but I guess the thing to me is with Destiny 2, it's kind of like, 
there's an upfront cost. There's going to be more further costs because you're going to be paying for DLC, um, which, you know, you don't know how many are going to come out. Or I guess you kind of have a roadmap, but in a sense, like you're going to continuously be paying for more and more. Um, and the, I guess the interesting thing, at least with me in, in thinking about Destiny is, you know, this is Destiny 2. We already had Destiny 1. And a lot of the stuff from Destiny 1, although your character copied over, there was a lot of new stuff and new systems and new gameplay in Destiny 2 that wasn't, you know, congruous or compatible with some Destiny 1 content. And when Destiny 2 was launched, even though you carried over your character, all that really translated to was a level boost. So it's it's interesting to me because they're trying to do this model where it's like, buy us like we're a single player game. Um, but continue putting money into me as if I'm a living game, but also don't expect us, mm-hmm. like, don't expect things to necessarily carry over from game to game. Because at least with Overwatch and Warframe, um, players, I think, can have an expectation that the money they spend is going to carry over because the game, we're not going to see an Overwatch 2, I think, anytime soon. And Warframe has been around yeah. for, like, five years, and we're not seeing a Warframe 2 anytime soon. Like, their infrastructure is mm-hmm. pretty intact. But with Destiny, because of, you know, the, the fact that players have already been burned once with a sequel transition, I think it's hard for it's hard for me to say like you, sh- you they should be allowed to perpetuate. You know, there should still be an upfront base cost because the model that they're trying to perpetuate is one of a living game. But we already know from the past that this is not necessarily the case with their future I guess, plans. I guess the only prohibitive part about that is the fact that you just have another time where you have to pay that one time entry fee to get into it. Over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if they make it in Destiny 3, 4, 5, and 6, I guess. Well, um, Destiny was supposed to last 10 years. Uh. <laughs> supposed to. Supposed to. I don't know. I guess now that I think more about it, it's not as huge of a deal, I guess, because with the subscription-based model, I guess the idea standing there is that you play this game, you really enjoy it, you get. To, we guarantee that there will be content for this game moving forward. Instead of sometimes you get that empty feeling where you play a really great RPG and then it's over and you're like, I wish there was more. So I guess the interesting thing is it's almost like Destiny doesn't go with the subscription model because it doesn't want to enter into the subscription competition, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Aero, you know, I love Final Fantasy XIV. I pay a mm-hmm. subscription to Final Fantasy XIV. That is literally the only game I pay a subscription to, to the point at which it's prevented me from getting a PlayStation Plus subscription. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> basically, like I, I'm the type of gamer where I've entered into the mindset of, I'm paying monthly for this one game. I don't want to. I, I can't financially, you know, <laughs> pay for another service perpetually. So I'm. But, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. I, I'm just wondering if maybe that's why Destiny Two doesn't have a subscription model. And why it won't chase that model because it doesn't feel like it can, that there's already so many other games that gamers probably do pay for monthly. Like, wow. Like, um, what's another great example? I, I mean, like, they already pay there's for There's only a handful. And I think, uh, sorry, I was using the term very loosely, but what I meant by subscription model is more so the fact that there's always going to be new expansions coming out and you're going to pay for those new expansions. I didn't mean it as a monthly subscription, uh, see, which is I actually see. what the subscription subscription model meant. Yeah, I meant it more so the fact that since this is a type of game where you know that the company is going to support it and there's going to be more and more DLCs coming out for it, that it'll always at least have some sort of content update, and you can always you can like take a break from it and then come back when they have this new content to be like, oh wow, this is why I like playing the game, and then you play it for a month and you'll be like, all right, now I don't like the game. You can come back in a couple of months when there's new stuff coming out for it. But see, it's interesting because the way you're describing is basically exactly the same as how every MMORPG that came out after World of Warcraft has modeled its funding model, right? You have a monthly subscription. It's not a monthly subscription, right? But they they also have expansion packs 
that come out yes, from time to time true. that you pay upfront additionally to be able to continue playing the game. Like the only thing that's stopping Destiny Two from becoming an MMORPG is that there is no monthly subscription cost. That's true. So it's it's interesting. I don't know. I, I mean, it's just something that I've always been thinking about. Is mm-hmm. it's weird to me that the game has not progressed to that point yet, even though it seems to be it seems to be in dire need to chase this model based on what it's doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't I haven't fully played it, so I don't know like the insides of it and how it works and whether it's a game that lends itself really well to that particular model. Well, hopefully, Waltz and I will see you on a <laughs> group yeah, stream maybe. at some point, and we can see if, if <laughs> your opinion is swayed. I will say, having played it for a bit, it has not won me over from Warframe just yet, interestingly enough, which is not something I anticipated. That's interesting, because you only just recently started Warframe too. Yeah, so. and it, I, I guess the interesting thing, because I just started both games at the same time, uh, I'm more able to compare them from a B2B basis. Obviously, people are going to raise the the comment or the criticism that you can't really have a good idea of how both games are until late game. It's just interesting. Yeah. yeah, It's just interesting to me because Warframe clearly emphasizes mobility, which I guess plays to my sensitive sensibilities in games a bit more. Whereas destiny two very much is your stock standard kind of first person halo based shooter. So like, you know, no cover, um, kind of limited not limited but like less mobility shooting feels great but um yeah we'll have to see as we continue doing some streams of both fair all right moving on to our next news topic uh i thought it'd be fun to talk about something else that's in the blizzard verse but not destiny although of course destiny technically is not in the blizzard verse it's just on battle.net not going to talk about the uh the whole console thing yeah I was I thought about it and it just seems like we're just probably going to end up discussing the same things that we've already talked a lot about for Destiny Two. Well, I mean, I was going to segue it like sure, it's, it's go relevant. ahead, it's take relevant. us there, take we us can, there. We can talk. No, 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 not that. Some to something else, but I think you should take us to the to the report first because even though we're talking so much about Destiny Two and the fact that it's free um, on the PC model, the console model has been still making some waves. So. Yeah, just as Arrow was pointing out, basically there's a recent kind of article uh, that was out on GameSpot. Um, we can put up some links in the uh, podcast episode description, but basically there is a research company known as Superdata that has published to say that Destiny 2 has effectively made more money on consoles than Fortnite and Spider-Man in the month of September. Um, this is pretty much a big surprise. Uh, Fortnite, obviously massive game. That also is free to play, but drives itself on um, cosmetics-based microtransactions as well as its battle pass. But Spider-Man, which we talked about in one of our earlier podcast episodes as well, was just phenomenally well-received, both by critics and by fans. You know, sold gangbusters from what we understand, although I don't think Sony has officially released any numbers yet. Um, So clearly, game is doing phenomenal on consoles. Um we were kind of bandying around the idea prior to starting the podcast about how the game was free on PS Plus not too long ago, but you know it, it's very clear that the, at BlizzCon that this free kind of period of time to download the game was only on PC, not on consoles. Um, so we just kind of wanted to touch base on like this game is obviously not struggling financially, um, no. but. But I, I realize this goes against my argument of maybe they should just make this a subscription-based game. But I, I think it's 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 interesting to me because I did not think it had such strength in the console market. Oh, but you didn't tell me, because I don't follow Destiny 2 at all, that Forsaken was released in September. It was, but at the same time, it's... 
you have to remember that Destiny 2, the base game, was released earlier. So in some degree, it's 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 one of those things where it's like you see diminishing returns with every expansion pack release. I, I agree with that. But the fact that you're saying that everyone's saying Forsaken is so good, people who already have paid for Destiny 2 will be like, well, I might as well go try it. But then you have to also recall, like... I don't know. I'm trying to put it into this perspective. Like, do you really think Destiny is bigger than Spider-Man? <laughs> like, I don't think I so. Do, I think so in the fact that it depends on how much Destiny 2 Forsaken costs. Because a DLC for a game 60 that bucks. you've already paid for 60, 60 bucks. That Spider-Man would have been like 80 or 90. But it's an entirely new game. It is an entirely new game. But not everyone's into... Like, at the very least, you, you're the people that are buying Destiny 2 would have already have played destiny whereas like people who are playing spider-man are people who either really like spider-man or just look at all these people playing it and be like well i want to see if i want to get into that but you have an existing fan base that are already playing destiny destiny one destiny two then you have the bunch of people that were playing the destiny two free from the uh ps Plus Plus. and then they go into it it sort of makes sense to me if you tell me that i probably wouldn't have expected it to topple both the Fortnite sales and Spider-Man together in the month of December, but I'm not surprised that they made so much. I I disagree. I, I'm actually genuinely surprised. Well, let me, let me put it this way: I think like I'm still surprised at how much money and how many people watch players playing Hearthstone on the day of a new release. Like on average, Twitch views for Hearthstone is like what, like twenty thousand, and on release day, it shoots past a hundred to like two hundred thousand. Sometimes it's like a ridiculous number. I'm like, I don't understand. Like. And it falls off within like three days. Like it falls off very quickly within like three days. Right. On the day of an expansion release, there's like tons of people flocking to go watch it and potentially buy this type of content. Right. That's that's the novel. That's the novelty effect. But but to me, what makes it surprising is because so you're mentioning that there's already like an existing consumer base for Destiny Two. I would argue that that's actually a limiting factor because you're not. The, the likelihood of someone purchasing, you know, Forsaken for the, and then having to purchase the base game, like it's a limiting factor. Like the people I under- who are. I understand that it is, but I guess what I'm saying is if you told me that those numbers, like the, the sales numbers, were like that in October, like a month after the release of Forsaken, then I'd be surprised. I'd be like really surprised that it was that high. Mm, I'm still surprised. <laughs> with a new release, I think people just like brand new shiny things. No, I'm still surprised. I still think that the, I think the context around this release is still significant in the sense that you still have well, effectively a limited did, consumer when base. When did Spider-Man come out too? That was early in September. Was that in early September? It was early in September. Huh. Oh yeah, it was early September. Yeah, it was early in September. And don't forget, like this is the game that won multiple best of E3 awards when it was first presented. It's coming off of the huge hype with like, you know, um, Avengers Infinity War it's a well-loved franchise. It's done by a studio that has like a certain level of fame. Insomniac, you know, they've done the Ratchet and Clank games. They've done um, primarily well, so three point three million copies sold for Spider-Man Two. Yeah, there you go. That's what Wikipedia says. There you go. I don't know if those are official numbers though, or just projected from. Sales I don't know companies. if they're initial either. But let's like, see. For single available to pay download content to owners of Destiny Two to the existing editions, price that forty dollars. Uh, that's American. That's American. Yeah, yeah. So for us, like fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then rounds up to sixty. <laughs> I'm wondering if those sales are just for the because there's other things in there to buy, right? Is it just the content? Uh, I think there is like a like a digital deluxe edition or whatever. Like there's always those like uh-huh. buy this version and. 
get tons of free stuff, but I don't think there was that many. Well, <clears throat> it's definitely interesting to see if the sales are going to keep up. Probably won't. Honestly, Destiny 2 at this point to me feels like it's going through the Sonic cycle. <laughs> well, that kind of stuff happens, I guess. <laughs> but you know what will make the money? All those people with all those phones. Perfect segue into our next <laughs> news story. Uh, so the next news story we're going to talk about, still, still kind of within the Blizzard verse because it was announced at BlizzCon 2018, Blizzard has gone on to announce Diablo Immortal, a mobile port um, developed jointly by both Blizzard as well as a mobile phone game company known as NetEase, which is essentially going to be this mobile uh, port of Diablo 3 with some modifications. If you read a lot of the interviews and see a lot of the trailers that are out for Diablo Immortal, um, you'll see that a lot of the mechanics are not yet solidified. A lot of the developers are saying that they're messing around with the mechanics still. But I think the reason why this is such an interesting thing to talk about is the overwhelming negative response that people have had to this announcement. Well, to be fair, I'm pretty happy that they announced this. I am too! (laughs) (laughs) I'm very happy because I really like playing Path of Exile, and they just took a bunch of players and hand them over to us on a silver platter. I mean, uh, I don't know about that. Like, so, okay, I guess we should contextualize this. So, obviously, a lot of the big reason why a lot of players are upset, especially the ones online, is because everyone was hoping that this would be the year that Blizzard would finally announce Diablo 4, because it's been so long since we've had any new Diablo 3 content, and people obviously still really love Diablo. So, to a lot of the, I guess, you know, quote-unquote core gamer or fan fan base, um, a lot of people felt like this mobile announcement was a slap in the face. Uh, I don't know about you. I actually was genuinely happy to hear this announcement. I realize maybe it's because I'm not as attached to Diablo as a lot of other people are. I love Diablo 3. I played Diablo 1 and 2 when I was a kid. But to me, it's like I can easily see how the Diablo experience can be transitioned to the mobile platform because it's not, even though it's a very clicky game, it doesn't actually depend super much on precise controls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of, um, there's a quite a handful of like ARPG style games that are on mobile now. Exactly. I don't currently play them, but there's quite a few. Oh, I, I remember like the really trashy ones when the app store was new. Like, this, <laughs> like I don't know, like maybe, do you remember Xenonia? No. Netmarble's anime action RPG game. Anyway, there's like tons of examples of these on the mobile phone. And to me, it was like, you know what? Diablo 3 was kind of built in a way that it could be done portably. Um, it still oh, yeah, runs absolutely. on. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people are not happy about this news. Um, no, no. I think the issue wasn't that they're not happy about Diablo Immortal. If you watch the release video, everyone, they, there was still like positive responses to Diablo Immortal that they're working on new Diablo. But it was the big question. The big question was, are there any plans to bring this to PC? And when they said no, that's when the booze <laughs> came out. Like, <laughs> Blizzard was literally booed. Was literally booed at their own convention. It just surprised. That's when the booze came out. It just surprised me. I don't know. I I was happy to see that there's a. I, I'm always looking for um, a new mobile game to play because it's harder and harder in the Canadian winter to bring the Switch out and play the Switch in the freezing cold <laughs> and snow. Whereas with at least a mobile game, you know, I don't mind if my phone, which is theoretically waterproof, <laughs> is exposed to our cold. I'm very much concerned if my expensive Nintendo Switch is is subjected to the torture of a Canadian winter. It's it's absolutely fair to think that way, but I still think there is a lot of people who just want to play these games on their computers. Like 
there is I'm a I'm a big fan of playing action RPGs, um, but I'm I'm still trying to find I'm not trying to find because I think Path of Exile really fits that niche for me. But I still like the darker, grittier types of action RPGs. Like I play Grim Dawn, I play like some of the Van Helsing stuff. Um, but those are like the they're not more of the living type type of games where you keep playing them over and over again. So I want to play this new Diablo, but at the same time, like I don't want to play it on my phone or my tablet because you guys own tablets too, don't you? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. We'll see. I I think I think the response is overblown. I think this is a fun little side project that Blizzard had, and I think people are. It surprised me that people actually anticipate. I know there's been a lot of like rumors and stuff that people have um, said that hinted at the imminent release or discussion about or teaser for Diablo 4. I know there's also another rumor that was being bandied around. I can't remember if it was on Reset Era or somewhere else that talked about how apparently Diablo 4 was supposed to be shown and it was pulled last minute. But I don't know. To me, it's like, if you think about Blizzard as a company, if you think about Activision as a company, clearly, clearly, based on the amount of money they've made from Diablo 3, they are going to be working on a Diablo 4. But like, I don't think, like, to me, this, this outrage, or not outrage, this, like, discontent would make sense if somehow, some way, people could proffer an argument that said Diablo 4 was killed and turned into Diablo Immortal. Um, but I, I think it's really obvious this is not the case. Like, this is it's, obviously... I agree, I agree, but the players are looking for that Diablo 4 to play. They don't want to play Diablo 3 anymore. They want to play Diablo 4, and you give them this new, shiny Diablo... And it sounds like you have your development team working on this new shiny Diablo called Diablo Immortal. And when they ask you, do you have any plans to port this to PC? You say, no, we have no plan, no plans. And the worst part is then they go, do you not all have phones? Yeah. It's like, why? Why? That, that, low, that line was really bad. <laughs> You're literally pouring gasoline on the fire. That, that, that was pouring gasoline on a non-situation. <laughs> that was a bad line. I give you that. It's, it's one of those things where... Like who who's working up there that does not seem to understand what their player base wants because that's what that's what's currently happening is what currently looks like. But it just seems like the people at Blizzard there's a disconnect between what they want to do and what the, their fans want them to do. But again, I think I think there's nothing about this announcement that doesn't speak to me that there's that it's saying that Diablo Four is not in the works. Diablo Four, I know, is but cl- that's not the problem. The problem isn't the fact that the Diablo Four is in the works. It's just the players want to be thrown something. Just let them know that something like that is in the works. Eh, uh, instead, you tell them that you've been focusing your attention on Diablo Immortal. And there's no plan to support this to PC. So that means for a little while more, they're not going to get anything else for Diablo. I think, I think, I think it's overblown. I understand. I, I'm happy I understand the discontent. I understand the discontent. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, we're already at the 30 minute mark. Um, we're going to try to keep our podcast episodes around 30 minutes. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to skip one of the stories we wanted to talk about to the last one that I think is kind of interesting, which um, Aaron already told me that he doesn't know the context of this, so I will fill him in. Fallout 76, the latest Fallout title that's going to be announced by Bethesda, or has been announced by Bethesda, is releasing shortly, um, had a beta test or beta application that was out recently. People got to download the beta and play the game early to test it out. Um, interestingly, the beta, when downloaded, could potentially result in the deletion of said beta. Oh, interesting. And so people were not very happy about that. Did it did it also tell them to then download the beta onto their phone? <laughs> so they could try to point it there. Because <laughs> they, they own phones. Yeah, um, of course. 
so the interesting thing is uh bethesda you know famous developer released stuff like skyrim released stuff like the morrowind skyrim or well vr just and then VR. skyrim port to the switch to the and switch then, uh, some more skyrim you know a game called arena well who knows what that is a game called daggerfall no one knows what that is morrowind you know everyone just loves it because it's mushrooms um i mean at the end of the day developer known for big ambitious games very buggy very very buggy on release um this has pretty much been a hilarious uh kind of like just just it's it breaks my mind because the reason um the reason why it makes me laugh is because prior to the beta being released bethesda had actually released a press release that basically was like we know our games are broken maybe don't get mad at us (laughs) (laughs) and i want to find that press release for you now so i can uh read it out to you because and and the reason why is um people who are on postcode gaming you'll probably know uh, i'm a big fan of another youtube group called the easy allies these are the guys that used to be on um they used to be on uh game trailers or what was previously game trailers and they play a game called release me where their host kyle bossman reads the press release from a company and he reads it in the worst most nasally voice that he can produce from his mouth until until the other co-hosts basically go like i can't stand it it's like release me just stop just stop reading it absolutely beautiful let me see if i can find it i think it was hilarious it was just like you can't i can't believe people are are saying this stuff uh, in an official marketing material press release written by human beings. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. Uh, let's see. I think they may have actually taken down that press release because it was openly mocked. Oh my goodness. Oh, here we go. I found it. Here it is. It's still up. Okay. So, <laughs> in my impression of the Kyle Bosman voice, starting today, the Fallout 76 beta break it early test application will be available on all platforms. I'm going to skip ahead to the line. Um, this is an exciting new journey for Fallout and for us. During the beta, you will likely see a glorious array of issues, many we know about and many we don't. We need your help getting the game ready for launch and beyond, and you are encouraged to provide your feedback on our official support forums. We think you will love playing the game as much as we do, and your continued feedback is critical to craft a long-term experience over the years to come. (laughs) So it's... That's what a beta's for. (laughs) But it's hilarious. It's just... I don't think this is precisely the one that they released, which was, like, completely just, like, it's kind of broken. That's okay. Uh, maybe not that okay, but it's okay. <laughs> so I think oh, just the fact that the beta then caused people to, you know, download the beta and then lose the beta, it was just icing on top of this cake. Oh, that's funny. Okay. That's it is so funny. Uh, it is now 35 but, uh, minutes. <laughs> wait, before we, before we, uh, before we step off from here. Yeah. Since it is Blizzard Day, <laughs> all we talked about really is Blizzard stuff. Is Blizzard Are you stuff. excited for Reforged? I am not excited for Reforged. Are you excited for Reforged? I'm a little. Like, I do want to play it again. I want to play Warcraft 3 again. So I am somewhat excited for Reforged. I guess the funny thing is, I saw the trailer where they showed the HD conversions. Mm -hmm. And I remember when they zoom in and they show you how each of the character models uh, were renewed or like remodeled, retextured, you know, look great, more detail. I was like, wow, that's impressive. First of all, I was like, whoa, like the original ones were way uglier than I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And then you're just like, but in my youth, they looked like what they now look like in the reforged version. <laughs> um, it's true. 
And then, but then the funny thing is when the camera zooms out, you're like, wait, this looks the same. <laughs> See, I was really hoping that they would basically remake the Warcraft 3 and maybe use like, you know, so the, the StarCraft system where they sort of not like use the system, but how they made StarCraft and StarCraft 2 and they sort of update a lot of the stuff and they made it look prettier. And, you know, it's essentially a similar game in the sense that it falls in the same vein. But it is significantly different and a lot of different gameplay aspects instead of just make this new game. Maybe they'll say that for Warcraft 4. Who knows? Who knows? <clears throat> I was definitely... But, uh, like... bro- yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, my brother was joking that with the uh, Warcraft 3, it's uh, also Dota 3 confirmed. Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> More Dota 3 confirmed. And then we're going to get LOL 2, too. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That concludes our Blizzard BlizzCon 2018 hot takes. Uh, from the post-call gaming stream team. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy. This is our first formal episode that we're calling it, you know, our official Grand Rounds podcast. Look forward to more of these in the future. Uh, and of course, always, we're always going to be streaming. So always check out our Google calendar, which you can find, uh, linked on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash postcall gaming. Uh, it's been a wonderful time speaking with you, Arrow. Thanks, Dax. It's also great. And it's a pleasure to be here. It's great to hang out with you again. Where can our audience follow you if they want to hear more of your stuff? Uh, they can follow me right here on Post Call Gaming. I don't have my own stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. Thanks a ton for being on tonight, bud. No problem. And to everybody listening, uh, if you liked what you heard, uh, look out for us. We are now officially going to be posting podcast episodes both on SoundCloud as well as on iTunes. Um, so if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. It always helps out the show. We look forward to hearing from you guys next time. And catch us on the streams. We are going to be streaming uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, Warframe, Destiny 2 for the next foreseeable future with some other stuff on the side. But if there's anything you'd like us to see and we can meet those gang requests, we'd love to pitch in. All right. Nice to hear from you as well, always, Aero. And good night to our audience, and we'll see you guys next time. Night.